0: We don't need no thought control. Teachers, leave them kids alone. Next on One Nation. Hello, America. I'm your guest, Dr. Jake Jacobs. I got to tell you something, uh, I can still remember. Back in my college days, I went to the University of Brighton. Actually, I went to Arizona State, but I uh, went to University of Brighton to uh, study over there and actually do some teaching over there at a a British high school uh, in Brighton, England. It was January of 1980, and the number one song by Pink Floyd from the album, The Wall Was, Another Brick in the Wall, where they say, we don't need no education, we don't need no thought control, teachers, leave them kids alone. All in all, it's just uh, another brick in the wall. I can still remember, too, uh, the prime minister of England at the time was Margaret Thatcher. I absolutely loved Margaret Thatcher. Uh, but she was hated by the leftists, the socialists, many of the professors at University of Brighton. So I knew she was on to something if they were hating her. Uh, she didn't like the song. I think she misunderstood Roger Waters, uh, what his song was really all about. But that's another story for another time. But the point is this when when we're talking about uh, education when we're talking about thought control uh, brainwashing indoctrination and the influence of teachers upon the youth of america or the youth of any country you got to ask yourself what what's been actually happening in education in america why do we have such a pernicious poisonous woke ideology plaguing our children our society and our nation Early American education was primarily classic liberal Christian from a classic liberal Judeo-Christian worldview. You could say classic republicanism, too, dealing with the character of citizenship, uh, dealing with limited government, the importance of the values of Christianity to uh, undergird uh, our republic under God. And that was the primary fundamental way of approaching education in American society. And then along came an anti-Christian socialist style of of teachings by people like Robert Owen, Horace Mann, and the infamous John Dewey. And they were pushing their secular, collectivist, humanistic agenda in America. You could say they were proto-communist, Marxist types, but they laid the foundation of what's happening today in american education now before i go on with uh, more details on the show i really want to recommend and i know i'm biased here i am at freedom project media but as far as i'm concerned the two experts one of the two top experts in the united states of america when it comes to education is alex newman and Duke Pesta, Dr. Duke Pesta. So I'd highly recommend you checking out the Dr. Duke show and the Newman Report. And I mean this with no exaggeration. These two individuals are incredible experts. They dedicated their lives they're educators themselves, but they've ded- dedicated them lives to understanding what actually is is going on in the world of government, public union, school, uh, indoctrination, brainwashing, et cetera. So I can't recommend them enough. Also, by the way, I do have uh, other, my show, The Jake Jacobs Show. Uh, if you want to see some of my, uh, I have sh- my shows go an hour, hour and a half, where I go into much more detail about this very issue, you can go to The Jake Jacobs Show. Show.com, jakejacobshow.com, and you can see me on Facebook uh, where it's uh, Dr. Jake Jacobs or the Jake Jacobs Show or Jake Jacobs Show at Jake jacobs 1776 at Twitter. So let's get into the meat of it. In the 1960s and 70s, communist China had a cultural revolution. It was horrible. At this point in time in history, Mount Zedong, had murdered, had killed. His policies were responsible for the death of well over forty to fifty million Chinese. They had the the horrible plagues and the famines of the 1950s, and then came the 1960s, where Mao Zedong had what you what they called shinao, uh, shinao, uh, which was brainwashing. Where these Marxist fanatics, these zealots, they actually went across the countryside and they they, they ended up uh, killing and slaughtering and torturing hundreds of thousands of teachers, high school teachers, middle school teachers, university professors, and also young people. A lot of young people were intimidated by the powers of the Marxist uh, Maoist state in China but they were notorious, infamous for shinao brainwashing. And I would argue that what's happening in the United States of America now in our government uh, public union schools, remember the profound influence of the public unions, the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers and others, they have incredible power and sway over Democratic political uh, leaders, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, you know, Joe Biden, and many others. And this is important to see the relationship between these corrupt unions and the federal central government in the United States. And you see that a lot of this kind of cultural revolutionary activity has actually been happening in our schools I talk about this in my book, Mobocracy, quite a bit, by the way. And in the book, Mobocracy, which I dedicated to Governor Scott Walker when he dared to take on the political powers that be, the democratic machinery, the union corrupt machinery, and I saw that just hell broke loose in Madison, Wisconsin, 11 years ago. In fact, it was this month of February in 2011 when, when, when that actually happened. And what I saw down there were anarchists, socialists, Marxists of various stripes and colors, and they were calling for revolution in the streets, and they were upset because we dared to expose the corruption of the unions, the brainwashing and indoctrination, it's easy for me to say indoctrination, that was going on in our public schools. So I talked about in my book uh, influencers like Antonio Gramsci. He was an Italian Marxist who talked about the long march through the institutions. He's written books dealing with pedagogy. Now, one of his uh, famous books uh, uh, dealing with uh, pedagogy about his topic of teaching was called Antonio Gramsci, A Pedagogy to Change the World. Now, keep this in mind. I know that word pedagogy can be boring, Right? It can sound pedantic, I guess. It just means the philosophy, the the implementation of your style of education in the classroom, in the society, and what is your ultimate goal? And the ultimate goal of the pedagogy of Marxism is the transformation of the United States of America, our republic under God. So I not only talk about Antonio Gramsci, I talk about the guru of the 1960s in the United States of America in our universities, from Brandeis and Columbia all the way to Madison and Berkeley and where he used to teach University of California, San Diego. When I lived in San Diego, his name is Herbert Marcusa, and he was the guru at University of California, San Diego. And he was all about critical theory, Marxist critical theory and and promising to deliver a utopia to the world through education. You know, people don't recognize that that Herbert Marcuse and these Frankfurt Marxist types, they came from Germany, they started their school in the 1920s, they fled Germany because many of them were Jewish intellectuals who rejected Judaism, rejected Christianity, rejected the Judeo-Christian worldview. They came to the United States and they taught at Columbia, Brandeis, Madison, Berkeley, and all around this country. And they brought with, this, with them a very anti-Christian, anti-classic, liberal, anti-classic Republican, traditional worldview—a pedagogical uh, uh, style and approach that was pernicious and poisonous in nature. And then I talk about another gentleman, by the way, of, uh, by the name of Howard Zinn. Now I got to tell you something. Zinn is is has de- he passed away? About I think about ten years ago or more. Zinn's book, A People's History of the United States, is a Marxist tome. Howard Zinn was a Marxist professor from Boston University. He's mentioned in a movie with Matt Damon and Robin Williams. I've Uh, A goodwill hunting. Thanks, uh, producer Mike. Yeah, goodwill hunting. He's mentioned in there where he says we're supposed to read his work. Well, when I was in social studies conventions in Madison, Wisconsin in the 80s and the 90s, they were constantly pushing Zinn on the social studies teachers. And I was constantly saying to them, why would I use a Marxist piece of claptrap in my classroom? Although I actually did use parts of it to show his style, to show his indoctrination. You know, Howard Zinn used to say, there's no such thing as neutrality for teachers. This is a bunch of hogwash. You know, when people say, you know, you're not supposed to be uh, teaching values in the classroom. You're supposed to be neutral. And Zinn would say, are you kidding me? I have an agenda. I have a Marxist left-wing pedagogical agenda, and that's what I'm going to do. So he unabashedly, they unabashedly, have never said we're to believe in pluralism and the free exchange of ideas. They said, unabashedly, they were not to be neutral. They had a presuppositional worldview, educational worldview that was anti-Christian and pro-Marxist. So I discuss Howard Zinn. by the way, that book... A People's History of the United States, right? That was one of the number one selling books in social studies, American history classes in America. They use it at the university. They use it at the high school. They even have an edition for the middle school. They want to get them younger. There's even the Zinn Education Project where they get out. They get to these kiddies in education departments across America where they can teach these soon-to-be teachers about zin's Marxism. So you'll notice a theme going on here in my book, Mobocracy. I'm showing over and over and over again the influence beyond, um, you know, beyond uh, uh, people like Robert Owen and Horace Mann and John Dewey. These Marxists. We're influencing the, te- the teachers of the 60s, who influences the teachers like me of the 70s, 80s, and 90s and, and beyond, right? Who are now influencing the new teachers of, the, of Generation Z or the Zoomers. I also mentioned in my book the non-friend friends of Barack Obama, Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn we got a picture here, we're showing here, it's the Weather Underground. They used to be uh, members of the Students for a Democratic Society, which was a socialist Marxist organization using democratic language, but they were Marxist, and they were revolutionary, they were militant revolutionary, calling for brainwashing, calling for concentration camps, calling for even killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. I'm not making this stuff up. You can check this out with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. And then eventually they they were responsible for the killing of, of some individuals in relationship to the police and they went underground. But then they were students of Saul Alinsky. Remember the mentor of uh, of uh, Hillary Clinton? She really did her her thesis or dissertation, the thesis or dissertation on Saul Alinsky. So that was her mentor. That was Barack Obama's mentor, Saul Alinsky who said what you need to do is you can't have a dictatorship of the proletariat where you militantly will have a revolution in the streets of America. You tried that Bill Ayers, Bernardine Dorn, and John Jacobs, and all the other radicals of students for a democratic society. It didn't work. Come above ground. Go get yourself an Ed.D., a Ph.D., go into the classroom. Let's fulfill the vision of Antonio Gramsci. Let's have a long march through the institutions, in the curricula, in the classroom, in the churches. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn. In fact, if we go back to that picture, if I could show the audience there, producer Mike, you'll see there are three individuals. Those are FBI pictures. The gentleman, the gentleman uh, right next to Bernadine Dorn in the middle, his name is Mark Rudd. He was part of Students for Democratic Society in, in Columbia University. And he, too, after he got out from the underground, went above ground, got his Ph.D. and became a professor at University of New Mexico. He might be Professor Emeritus now at University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. I'd have to look that one up. But the point is, is these radicals, these militant Marxists became teachers. They were fulfilling the vision of Antonio Gramsci, fulfilling the vision of Herbert Marcuse, who proudly declared repressive tolerance we are tolerant of all ideas except the ideas we disagree with christianity traditionalism classic liberalism classic republicanism and all those ideas of frederick hayek and milton Friedman, many others those ideas must be suppressed destroyed they should not have an opportunity to speak and be taught in classrooms this is the nature of these leftist Marxist professors in our schools today, now a lot of these teachers that I expose in the book *Mobocracy*, they themselves, you know, uh, are older or have since passed away. But you still had people like Derek Bell. Derek Bell, uh, the man behind critical race theory, was. Barack Obama's professor at Harvard Law School. So in 1989, along with Kimberly Crenshaw, Derrick Bell was the one who introduced critical race theory. Now, what you have going on here, people, is an amalgam. An amalgam of critical theory, which is Marxist, an amalgam of a lot of various socialistic Marxist viewpoints, pedagogies, philosophies, coming together to, in essence, create a profoundly destructive, critical analysis of American society. In essence, you don't talk about the good and the glorious in the United States of America, like the raising of the flag you can see behind me at Iwo Jima. You talk about the bad and the ugly. It, is, it goes back to 1619. It is systemic. It is institutionalized. It is perpetual. And so, yeah, people say that, you know what, well, critical race theory is only used at the law school level. Rubbish. Critical race theory has trickled down. Let's just steal a, a phrase from Barack Obama and Joe Biden, right? It has trickled down, it has poured down into the universities, into the high schools, middle schools, and elementary. You can call it political, you can call it critical theory, crit, or critical race theory. You can call it neo-Marxism, liberal Marxism. You can call it many things, but the bottom Line is, it is critical against the United States of America and our constitutional federal republic under God Almighty. And all of these variations from Gramsci, uh, you know, to Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and Todd Gitlin and Mark Rudd and Derek Bell, they have all declared we've won the textbooks, we've won the classrooms. We've won your children. They are ours. You do not have control. You do not have the the blessing and respect of having your children for you from God Almighty. No, no, no. They are ours. They are the governments. They are the unions. They are the socialist Marxist professors in the classrooms. Teachers, leave those kids alone. You know. Starting by the 1980s, you could see this Marxism was entrenched in our classrooms. I have with me, actually, I still have the magazine, U.S. News and World Report from January of 1982. Marxism in U.S. classrooms. In there, even then. Now, people, that was a long time ago. I had long hair. It was not gray, right? At that time, it was after Arizona State. I was going to Arizona College of the Bible. Developing a biblical worldview. And that's when I realized as I was sharpening my biblical worldview I was recognizing and realizing the pernicious poisonous nature of the pedagogy of these leftists that were getting established in our schools. And you know what really was the gentleman that really popularized this extreme leftist Marxist philosophy It was, his name was Paulo Freire. And please excuse my Portuguese. Pedagogy of the oppressed. Paulo Freire. Pedagogy of the oppressed. He was a Brazilian uh, Marxist who, in essence, said in his teachings, you see, in education, you have the student who is oppressed by the bourgeois system of education. And these oppressors, these uh, traditionalists, classic liberal, uh, conservative, traditional uh, uh, parents or teachers, they're the oppressors, and they must be destroyed or eliminated or exposed for what they are. And really what Paolo was doing is Paolo was expressing how Karl Marx talked about the perpetuation of Christian education and the Christian family in the Communist Manifesto of 1848. Paolo's written a number of other books. Let's see some of his other books. One of his famous books was called The Politics of Education, Culture, Power, and Liberation. The Politics of Education, Culture, Power, and Liberation. Remember, Politics flows down from culture. It influences culture, and people need to recognize that. Another book of Paulo's was Teachers as Cultural Workers, and this is something we need to recognize and understand, that these Marxist uh, 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 teachers and influencers, from all the aforementioned individuals to Paulo's works, All of them said we are not neutral. We have a presuppositional worldview that is anti-Christian, that is pro-Marxist. Our job is to get into the minds of these young people and to, in essence, brainwash them to, to become the youth, the, like the young pioneers of the Soviet Union or the Hitler Jugend of National Socialism. And we get them to think our way. We don't get them to think critically. We don't get them to learn to dialogue and have discussions and debates. No, 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 no. We get them to think by our party line, the Ina party line, the one party line. Now, the gentleman that actually made Paolo's works very popular was that he's still alive. He's almost as old as Joe Biden. He was a friend of Howard Zinn at Boston University. He was a former high school history teacher who read Paulo's works. And then he was like, I've got it, I've got it. I was a Marxist, but now, and Zinn's works was great, but Paulo's works were even better to help me understand how I can continue to brainwash my students. His name is Henry Giraud. Henry Giraud, his pedagogy of resistance. You see, within our teaching philosophy, we must resist people like Governor Ron DeSantis, Jake Jacobs, Dr. Duke Pesta, Alex Newman, and all the other conservative classic liberal Christian thinkers and teachers and influencers in the culture. Because don't you see, they're fascists, they're Nazis. That's how these guys think. I've been going through Giraud's works and it blows me away how Marxist it is. How brainwashing it is. What's some other works that we have of his? Oh, yes. His, listen, look, look at his book here. This is Neoliberalism's War on Higher Education. This is interesting, people. He goes against that word neoliberal, even liberals. He thinks liberals and conservatives, they've all sold out to the system. You know, neoliberalism is really, we don't have time to cover that in here, but ultimately it's a, it's got a tinge of libertarianism, classic liberalism in it. It believes in the free market. It likes maybe uh, Frederick Hayek or uh, Ludwig von Mises and Milton Friedman and others. But ultimately, as a Marxist, this Henry Giroux says they're at war. Well, what's happening is people like us are pulling back the Marxist curtain of the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Marxism and Communism, and we're exposing them for what they're doing to our children. This is beyond indoctrination. This is brainwashing. And by the way, it's interesting, too, uh, he he has... um, Producer Andy. is that where I have the the Nazification of American Education? Yeah, we got that. Could we put that up, please? Now, look at it. He, uh, for a few people watching this live, I've got a picture. There, there is Henry Giroux with his book, Pedagogy of Resistance. Um, and he, he wrote an article about nine months ago called The Nazification of American Education. This is unbelievable. And the, new, the the public enemy number one for Giraud and these leftists is, um, is Ronald Dion DeSantis, the great governor of the state of Florida. By the way, Alex Newman, who I highly recommend you uh, going to his show, the Newman Report, was just with Governor DeSantis down in Florida last week. But here's the point. When you listen to him, and believe me, I live a boring life, I listen, I read his books, I listen to his podcasts, he may be 79 years old, but he has incredible influence on the teachers in America today, big, big time. They're bringing him on seminars all across the country, and these leftists, these TikTokers, these woke folk, the LGBT community, they love listening to him. And, and by the way, he, he, it's interesting because some of his heroes are the people that were behind what I call the sexualization of education. He, this Henry Giraud calls everybody who disagrees with him a fascist. This goes back to a guy by the name of Wilhelm Reich. Wilhelm Reich. Wilhelm Reich wrote a book called "The Mass Psychology of Fascism. That book came out in nineteen thirty three. And in the book, he in essence says those individuals who believe in family values, who believe in Christianity, who believe in traditionalism and classic liberalism, they're fascists. Now, you may think, Jake, this idea of fascism, it's only been around maybe 30, 40 years. No, it's heading towards 100 years. Leftists call anybody they disagree with fascist. And so, therefore, one of the heroes of Giro is not only uh, Wilhelm Reich and Howard Zinn and Herbert Marcuse and Gramsci and Dewey, but Karl Marx. So I want you to listen to what he has to say in an interview from a few months ago. Uh, he's actually now interviewing with a teacher who's influenced a number of kids in American universities. Here goes.
1: I, I think that what you see in the United States is a model of education developing that is basically a fascist model of education? I mean, I I don't think there's any way else to put it. I mean, I I wrote a piece recently called "The Nazification of American Education," mm-hmm. and if you look at the similarities, I mean, there you can do it in, in a variety of historical contexts. You know, it's not just Hitler's Germany, but if you look at you know if you look at Nazi Germany and the, the educational programs that were being enacted there, they're not unlike what we see in the United States: the banning of books. A logic of disposability. Certain groups were seen as unfit for citizenship, and therefore their histories were erased. Um, teachers basically had to take loyalty oaths. People who were not considered, you know, white Christian, uh, who, who were not considered good Nazis, are now equated with with teachers who are not considered good Christians, white Christians. And so the similarities are, are really quite quite shocking.
0: People, this is just unbelievable. I would love to just have a whole show, in fact, at the jakejacobshow.com, I'll have a whole couple of hours where I'm going to deconstruct the deconstructionist Marxist by the name of Henry Giroux, because I don't have enough time on his show to, to, to tear apart him from limb to limb, part to part of his bizarre leftist ideas. These are the inverters and perverters of truth and reality. Stop and think of it. There they are saying that people like Governor Ron DeSantis and people like you and me, people who are classic liberals, classic Republicans, Christians, traditionalists, that we believe in protecting our children somehow we're Nazis? We're black-booted, storm-trooping Nazis? This is insanity. you got to hear him again. Trust me, a little bit more on him, and then we'll wrap up the show. Here goes. It
1: was Ron DeSantis who banned lots and lots of books in, in Florida, because they would contain elements of critical race theory. Could you briefly explain what is meant by critical race theory? He doesn't know what it is. Critical race theory is a, is a legal theory that developed at Harvard, I, I believe, in the, ni- in the ni- 1980s by C- Professor Crenshaw and others. And it's mostly taught in graduate schools. It's not taught in high schools. It's not taught in public education. So it's really basically just a metaphor not teaching about slavery not teaching about mm-hmm. race relations not teaching about racism not raising fundamental questions about parts of american history that are uncomfortable but yet need to be dealt with whether we're talking about we're talking about the genocide of indigenous people whether we're talking about the internment of the japanese whether we're talking about jim crow this is an attempt to basically whitewash history in ways and they have a perfect word for it they call it patriotic education and i think it's, it's 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 basically just massive propaganda but i think that what is under attack here is not simply enabling students to deal with the complexity of history in both its strengths and its weaknesses but it's an attack on historical consciousness itself it's an attack on, it's an attack on historical memory and as an attack on historical memory it's an attack on moral witnessing you know the ability to draw certain conclusions about what you don't want to see reproduced mm-hmm. being able to understand the legacy of those crimes, basically crimes, slavery, I'm sorry, you know, and how they still infect and in some ways shape the culture. They want to erase all of that. They have a Disney view of the world. You know, I mean, it, everything's white, everything's married, ev- everything's happy, uh, and there are no black people to worry about. Women are in their place. They're having babies. And transgender people, well, we should kill all of them. I mean, they they basically are really a curse on the planet. Uh, you know, it, it's very interesting to, to listen to DeSantis, talk about history. He made a comment not too long ago when he said, he said it was during the revolution, the American revolution that basically an anti-slavery consciousness developed. That's nonsense. I mean, that's just pure nonsense.
0: You talk about pure nonsense, my fellow liberty-loving Americans. I really can't do justice to what you just heard. That's my poor time management, forgive me. Seriously, he says that Ron DeSantis doesn't know what critical race theory is. He says that critical race theory is not taught in colleges or high schools. That is a lie. You just heard lie upon lie. We want to whitewash history. We don't want our students to know about Jim Crow and and what happened to the Native Americans. And This is the new kind of uh, narrative that goes, that when people like uh, myself or um, Ron DeSantis or President Trump, and we say we want the good and the glorious to be taught along with the bad and ugly. We want the 1776 Commission. Then they turn around and say, Oh, no, 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 you guys don't want the, the students to know about slavery and Jim Crow and the KKK and what happened to the Japanese internment camps. By the way, <laughs> everything I just mentioned to you was perpetuated by the Democratic Party. Hey, hey, hey Henry Giroux, you want to go there, dude? We'll go there with a broad, wide understanding of American history with profound balance, not this Marxist, left wing, flapdoodle, claptrap stuff that you're perpetuating. To our young people, this brainwashing of our young people. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. By the way, he goes on talking about how we have to get rid of capitalism, the free market. He talks about how Christianity is oppressive, and really, ultimately, what he wants is he wants, he calls it democratic socialism, which is, in essence, socialism. That'll use democratic language, etc., etc. But they want to use the state to dictate the educational pedagogy, so they can continue to brainwash their anti-Christian, anti-Republic Under God philosophy. They want to create a utopic state. Let's remember something, people. There he was quoting, in fact, in his, he quotes Hitler in Mein Kampf, how you give me the youth and they will be ours forever. Look at people somehow these leftists try to something make it believe that you know the soviet socialists They were the good people and the national socialists. They were the bad people. They were two evil philosophies Hitler and Stalin worked together to rape and pillage Poland. They were evil philosophies We got to be able to see and understand what these leftist pedagogical uh, Marxists are all about What did Vladimir Lenin say? Give me the child for five years of his life, and he will be mine forever. This is what we need to recognize and understand. They have won the textbooks. They have won the classroom, the curricula. And they won over many of our children, and we must stand up and fight out against this. I'm serious. I haven't said this for years because I taught in public schools for many, many years. But it is time to get our kids out of these government, union-run public schools. They want our kids. They want their hearts, their minds, and their souls. So we must be bold and take action to stop them from stealing our children. So until we meet again, may God bless you. And happy trails to you on the road of life. Shalom.